When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 257 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? A wild su- well, Sunday, bloody Sunday. I'm recording this Saturday afternoon, apparently in snowy Saskatchewan. Uh, yes, we have the, the snow is here, folks. Yeah, we have a weather, weather, uh, winter weather advisory notice out right now. And, uh, it has been snowing since about, uh, seven o'clock this morning. Oh, good times. Yeah, I just kind of waiting for it to stop here and go. I get to go put on the boots and, uh, break out the shovel. Uh, but I mean, what do you expect, right? You live in Saskatchewan. Uh, you know, winter's never going to avoid us. So you always just kind of hope it'll go longer. Like we could just kind of hold off a little longer, a little shorten winter a little bit. But no, we had a really good October. And then, uh, yeah, right when November hit, here we go. So, but yes, you tuned in to listen to me whine about the winter, about the snow. You want to hear me whine about other things? Um, I have a special guest today, folks. There you go. You're not going to just listen to me rattle on. Well, you're going to listen to me rattle on here for a couple minutes. But yes, I had John on the show and uh, it, it was a lot of fun to talk to. Um, you know, we kind of went back and forth. We talked about a few different things. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Ryan. A, a couple episodes ago, um, I was talking about Ryan Reeves and I basically just kind of threw out the, you know, like, what's the deal? Why does everybody hate Ryan Reeves? I just kind of threw it out there. And uh, actually, John sent me a really good email about it. And, uh, and we went back and forth through the email and, uh, I had talked to John about coming on the show before, but then I was just like, Hey, why don't you come on the show? And, uh, cause it was always, Hey, come on the show. What do you want to talk about? Ah, I don't know. We'll come up with something. Well, I was like, well, Hey, we'll talk about Reeves and then we'll, you know, then let's see where this goes from. And, you know, and then he's like, well, yeah, we could do a player spotlight too. I was like, all right, who do you want? And he's like, Grant Marshall. I was like, Hey, that's a great pick. And, uh, yeah, so we just kind of, we, we go down Grant, the, the Grant Marshall rabbit hole and talk about Ryan Reeves. And we just talk about a bunch of stuff. And it's just, just two fight fans talking. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed having John on. It was cool. It's always cool to, when you can get a guest host and, uh, you know, it's not just me, you know, babbling on and on. It's like I have, you know, we're going back and forth with someone. So yeah, so it was, it was, it was great to have John on. And, uh, so I've recorded, I recorded that on, uh, yesterday on Friday. Uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, but I, I did want to bring up, John and I actually talked for, it was so, as always, we, before we get going, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes. He's like, yeah, all right, yeah, hour. Like, I think we went for like an hour and a half. So, yeah. Oh, well, it was still fun. And uh, that's, what, that's what happens though, right? That's why I say with all these episodes, oh, we'll talk long today. And then it ends up being an hour and a bit. You just start rambling and it's like, yeah, you just, you kind of get lost in time. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, well, first off, um, uh, you know, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever uh, team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you. And then, of course, I got Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Always, you know, globetrotting again. He's out in D.C. right now. And, oh, yeah. So, you know, who knows when he'll record that mud show. He told me he was hitting the road. I thought he was going to go to ECHL headquarters and start rampaging or something. But, uh, you know, uh, no. So he'll be, uh, well, I know I have to record something with him here right away. So, yeah, there should be a new episode coming out here shortly. But he's he's busy, so we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, definitely check out his back catalog. By Lois, Rob Ray, Mike Segroy. Uh yeah, he he has a he has a great podcast. Um just it, he's just struggling to find time right now. Um you know, so like we all are. Time. Can't buy time, right? So uh yeah, but definitely five for fighting podcast, check it out. Um, he's, he has actually restarted a five for fighting, uh, channel on YouTube. Of course, fame as has been the last, uh, kind of topic in the last couple of weeks, the East Coast League did cancel it and shut down his channel. Um, so he has restarted it and, um, he's kind of put some fan stuff up here, uh, that he, that he received and, uh, yeah, the rebuild is on. So go to YouTube Five for Fighting podcast, hit the subscribe button, and uh, he is rebuilding it, folks. So, uh, yes, for, for the weeks and months to uh, follow, let's see, you know, uh, let's see what he does here. But uh, other than that, I will get right into what I what uh, I was going to ramble about before I get into uh, my uh, conversation with John. Um, yeah, it was interesting. A uh, couple incidents happened this past week in the NHL, and, uh, you know, of course, I... I went to Twitter to flap my mouth like I do sometimes and uh, got an interesting response. Uh, you know, basically the response I figured I would get. Um, and it's, it, it seems what I was saying was going over people's heads, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure how, but apparently it was. Um, I actually, I think they were sort of being just uh, purposely, what's the word, obtuse? I like that word purposely obtuse about it just due to the fact they're little fanboys so they're not really seeing it because i'm sure if the if the roles were reversed and it was their guy that got hit oh shit they'd be rampaging about it so you know so that's the problem you on on hockey twitter you can't have a logical debate or a back and forth with these fanboys because they can't see anything outside their blinders so you know there's no you're basically just talking to yourself whatever but uh, you must be a Habs guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I am. You fucking idiot. Like, no, you know, the first incident happened. Um, and again, you know, I know a lot of the people that listen to my show. You don't watch hockey or whatever. Uh, I don't blame you. Um, you know, plus it's obviously this is sort of a visual exercise, and it's a, this obviously this podcast in audio form. Um, and it's the same thing when 
John and I later were talking about Grant Marshall. I'm like, well, while you're listening to this, go to YouTube and look up the fights we're talking about as we're talking. Uh, basically, go to YouTube and type in, you know, uh, what I'm talking about here and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, or you can follow along with what I'm saying. Um, the, the first incident I'm going to talk about, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about the wild thing and then I'm going to talk about Austin Matthews. Um, uh, Marco Rossi, uh, hit Slavikovsky for Montreal. It was in the Minnesota Montreal game. And, uh, okay, I'll set it up. Minnesota is winning 4-1. There is a minute and 10 left in the game. Minnesota's, it's buzzing in Montreal's end. Slavikovsky from Montreal, that, I think that's how you say his name. Whatever. I don't know any of these people, so whatever. But he's the big bastard who's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever, their first round pick. Anyway, he gets the puck. He gets it up to, he's right along the boards by the benches. He gets up to center ice and he's about kind of to dump it in. Well, this Rossi from Montreal, who's like, I don't know, 5'10", or 5'11", is kind of on him a little bit. Well, once he sort of dumps the puck, he just, this Rossi just shoves this big bastard into the boards. And he's, and he's not expecting it. And he just goes flying into the boards. He was okay, but he hit him hard. Like, he would have felt it. He hit him hard. So, of course, the fight, all the wild people, oh, look at the 5'10 Rossi take out the 6'6", six, six, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, well, it's a bush play. Well, what do you mean? It was a clean hit. To do. Yeah, I never said the hit wasn't dirty. I never said the hit was dirty. I just said it's a rat play. You know, and I laugh. All these same people that love to yell about the code and all this shit. This shows, this, the whole incident just highlights the fact that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you talk about the code. To you, the code is bro hugs and bum taps after fights and not hitting him when he's down and all this shit. You know what else you don't do? You don't throw a fucking hit in November when it's 4-1 with a minute left in the game. You fucking dolts. I tried to explain this to like a dozen... I'm like, how do you not understand what I'm saying? Like, really? And of course, wild idiot who's arguing... It's that clean hit, bro! Uh, it's not about the hit, you fucking idiot! And I said that, and if the Montreal guy had hit Rossi into the boards, you'd be losing your mind. So shut up, I'm not talking to you. Do I have a problem with the hit? No! I don't. You know what my problem is, though? Is Rossi, the little chicken shit,'s never been in a fight in his life. He hasn't been. Go look it up. Two years in the OHL. Didn't fight there either. He has zero career fights, so he's not going to fight. So he shoves this big fucker into the boards. Up three goals with a minute left. Again, idiots. In a game in November. You throw this shit in the, in the playoffs, I got no problem with it. It's a playoff game. I have an issue when you're up three with a minute left, and especially Rossi, who's not going to fight, as he proved as that goes as the play goes on. Big scrum ensues. Well, where's Rossi? Oh, he's hiding behind everybody in the refs, you know, and it, it doesn't hold on to his equipment. No, he's not going to drop anything. And two guys end up fighting. So I'm sure the coach is real happy about that. Well, you got your guy into a fight. A minute left in the game, up three. And and you're going to start shit. And of course everybody, oh, big boy from Montreal has got to keep keep his head up. And remember, he's he's in the big leagues now. Oh yeah, okay, idiot. Again, Montreal just, they've lost the game. There's a minute left. They just want to shower, shit shower, get on the fucking plane and go home. It's November. 
the wild guys, they just want to wrap. Let's run the clock out here. Let's go get something to eat. Hit the club. But fucking Dinkus here has got to throw the fucking hit. And the thing is, I don't have a problem if you're going to throw the hit and to start shit. And then fight and whatever. Okay. But chicken shit's not going to fight. Again, I laugh. And the wild coach proves it. Because, of course, Dinkus doesn't get a penalty. Rossi doesn't get one. Whatever. This fight happens. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, there's still a minute left in the game. He leaves Rossi on the ice. Montreal sends out fucking what's his gender Wi-Fi guy, whatever, and a bunch of and a bunch of guys. Well, of course, as soon as the puck drops, they all want to fight Rossi. Oh, guess who doesn't fight again? Yeah, hiding behind everybody. So that's what I'm saying. You throw the little gutless rat hit up three goals. Then when people come looking for you. Oh yeah, I don't know what what's what's the problem? Of course the announcer, I don't know what everybody's issue is. He just shoved him. Oh, really, buddy, you don't know what the issue is? That's why I think I have all these idiots replying to me. Oh bro, you don't get it. Yeah, I don't get I don't get it. Oh, okay. So let's recap. Do I care that he threw the hit? No. Not if you're gonna do something about it. What I do have a problem with is you throw the hit and then hide behind everybody. That's my issue. So now you just got your teammates into a fight. So what if the Minnesota guy had gotten into the fight after you threw Big Dummy into the boards up three with a minute left? He gets into a fight, breaks his hand, or gets his nose broken or something. Yeah, that's a little awkward in the dressing room after, isn't it? Be like, yeah, hey, thanks, fuckhead. Yeah, it didn't really feel like fighting tonight, but, you know, since you were gonna, be, you were busy hiding behind everybody, I guess it's up to me then, isn't it? Yeah. As Darren Kimball said, why am I going to stick up for you when you won't stick up for yourself? It's exactly it. That shit will wear... Th- and then I get the... Well, he's a rookie and he's not really scoring, so he's trying to make a name for himself. What? You know, he's just trying to look good for the coach. I Believe me, the coach ain't going to dig it. Like I said, tomorrow in fucking video room? No, he's going to get called out for that shit. Again, throw that hit in the first period or second period? I don't have a problem with it. You throw that, like I said, but you threw it in the third period with a minute left in the game. That's my problem. And you're not going to do anything about it. That's my other problem. Are we clear on what I meant now? I don't have with the hit or all that. I don't give a shit about that. The hit wasn't dirty. But it was pointless. And all you little code nut huggers and everything else, you want to go on and on about needless hits and oh he didn't mean what he didn't need to and all that shit well there's the perfect example of he didn't need to so you want to talk about unwritten rules there's one of them so clearly stop yelling about the code because you don't know what you're talking about okay so go look it up on youtube you'll understand what i'm saying the whole incident i don't the whole thing is it's i don't care it's just when it happened you don't, if you're not going to fight or do anything, and you're just going to be a little fucking rat, then I'm going to call you a little rat. And that was a rat play, throwing a hit to an unsuspect, because no one's expecting to get hit. Unless you guys had history during the game or whatever, but you didn't, by all accounts. So why, so, oh, well, you should expect to get hit. Why? Why are you, th- no, he shouldn't. Because people usually don't, fucking hit in November up three goals with a minute left. Especially like Rossi. 
like this little midget that never gets into anything physically. Now, if there was a minute left and old Lucic is out there or Ryan Reeves and they're running, well, okay, yeah, you'll probably keep your head on a swivel a little bit. But when it's some little midget goal scorer that doesn't really hit, you know, why would you? And you're over by, he knows what he do, he knows what you're doing. He knows you're dumping the puck in and you're going on a change. He knew what was happening and he decided to do it anyway. The subtle little shoulder jab when the guy was sort of, you know, standing, standing up, not really paying attention. He knew exactly what he was doing. It's a rat bush play from a guy that's not going to stick up for himself. So to uh, uh, Marco Rossi, fuck you, you're a little rat. Now for my second piece of business goes to, oh, Mr. Maple Leaf, Austin Matthews. Yes, and this is sort of uh, uh, becoming a, a tired old routine. Um and it's funny, I've mentioned it on here before, and apparently, and I've mentioned it on other, other shows. And uh, again, the game against Philip, this past game against Philadelphia was just another prime example of Austin Matthews is softer than baby shit, and, uh, and Leaf fans will just make any excuse possible for him. So, I'm not, and I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but toot toot, but... This, I was on the Morning Skate podcast like three three years ago. And uh, this is what I talked about. I'm going to play a little bit of audio. I asked the Morning Skate guys if I could. Audio from the show when I was on. So this was from the actually the November episode from 2019. This is me when I'm talking about Austin Matthews. The other night, and of course, I, I tweeted about it and it went completely over the new generation's head when I was talking about the Leafs and Austin Matthews. At the end of the day, Matthews needs to, at some point, drop his gloves and grab somebody. And I'm not saying you got to go toe-to-toe or stick your chin out at center ice and go for it. But just grab the guy and show something. Yeah. You're, he, the, at the end of the dude, 6'4", 220. Come on, man. Just uh, grab him and seatbelt him. I said, the way the refs break up the fights, they look like... You know, it looks like teachers breaking up a great fight on the playground in grade threes. I mean, they'll be in there in six seconds and nothing will happen anyway. Yeah, but, but you know what? The guys on the bench are going to see the most talented player on the ice, pop the fucking gloves, and it's like, okay, we can go to battle with this guy. That's why Jamie Benn's one of my favorite players in the league. He's a tough, tough son of a bitch, that guy. Exactly, and it's just like you need that. You watch these Leaf highlights, and, and that's the thing. I'll be I don't watch anymore. I don't watch hockey anymore. I just get... It's just whatever. I mean, I see enough of it on Twitter on my timeline. I don't need to watch it anymore. But you just watch these, just leaf after leaf just getting abused. Mm-hmm. And then they, like last night, somebody showed the cross check and lie there and his teammates escaped by the guy. And, oh, maybe they said something savage to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right on. Oh, sweet shirt, bro. I mean, that's, that's, that's all anybody talks about now. Oh, and somebody, like the preseason there, when, was it Saborn? For Ottawa was running around smacking all the Leafs around. Oh, and Austin Matthews comes out, looks at his nameplate, and gives it the "Who are you?" And everybody's, "Oh, that's captain material, really?" Because oh, he can chirp them. Oh, sweet, yeah, you showed him. Yeah, and uh, and the story goes, and the, and it just goes on and on with Matthews, and it's um, you know, and I'm and I'm not trying to you know pile on, be the Leaf hater and all this shit, but it's just. It's it's a tired record and uh, and the shit happened the other night in Philadelphia. You know, towards the end of the game, Matthews is battling with uh, with Travis Konechny or whatever for Philly, 
who's like 5'10", 180, and they're, you know, and him and, he bangs Matthews, and Matthews goes back at him and cross-checks him, so Konechny spears him, and then they slash each other, push and shove, and then here's Giordano's got to come in and tackle the guy, old man Giordano's like 40, uh, and then Ma- everybody gets involved in the scrum, and Matthews is just standing off to the side, uh, with all this stuff on, and laughing, and then after it all kind of gets broken up, Konechny skates over to him again, Matthews shoves him again, he's laughing, and it's just like, it gets old. It's just so old. And Mike Rupp commented on it. And it's like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Rupp kind of did like a little two-minute video breakdown. He broke down the play and then he, he breaks in and then he's, and he's adding his audio to it. So here, I'll hit play here. And you can, you can, this is Mike Rupp talking about the uh, Matthew situation. All right, I'm sure everybody's seen it to this point, but we're going to go through. Austin Matthews takes a shot by Travis Konechny, and I'm okay, and I love this, actually, that Austin goes after him, right? Goes in there, gives him a whack. I, you're not allowed, you, you can't just take a run at me, okay? And comes in, lays a cross-check. That's all good. Konechny gives him a whack. Matthews gives him a whack. And then Konechny's like, all right, let's go. And, and Austin doesn't have to fight here. He does not have to fight here, although he's the one who kind of started this whole thing as far as going after him in the corner. But you can't just stand there and be okay with your teammates coming to your defense and you just laugh about it. We've seen this movie. I've seen this time and time again with Austin. Playing the cool card doesn't work. It doesn't It doesn't float. It may scoop by. It may look cool on social media. But inside that locker room, at some point, it's going to wear thin. When you've got this situation, you've got a 39-year-old warrior that's been playing the game hard from day one. Worked for everything he's got. He's got to come in here and fight this fight for you. You're going to smile, okay? That, that, that's the first part. Second part, Michael Bunting, Calder finalist last year. Line mate, second year man. You're okay with him getting involved. There's Kelly Yarncroak, Rasmus Sandin, and here's the thing. You, Austin Matthews is going to stand here, and your situation in this is you grab onto somebody to keep it even, right? Look at the body language here by Matthews. One arm... Barely up. Barely up. It's like a wet noodle. Touch, look away, turn around, look down at the ice. Won't even look anybody in the eyes. But you're okay with all this going on? All these other extracurriculars? Let's back it up a second and just look how weird this looks. Chaos is ensuing. Bodies are going everywhere. I see one. The referees are showing more liveliness than Austin Matthews. Standing, that looks weird. I'm sorry, it does. And it's going to roll forward. It's going to continue. Connecty's going to come back, let him know what he thinks of him. Austin's going to initiate again. Whack. Nope. I'll let the young kid take care of this. Going to stand here. Smile on his face. If things don't change in Toronto, if this team doesn't start getting some team toughness and having a backbone, they ain't going anywhere. They're not winning. And there you have it, folks, from Mike Rupp. And, yeah, and he's... There you go. The for, you know, it's not just idiot in Saskatchewan, big mouth me yelling about it. There's a former player yelling about it. You know, and it's funny you, you mentioned it, and it, it's all of a sudden it's just a siege of Leaf Nation. It's just all over you. Because of course I put funny. I think I talked about this a couple seasons ago on the morning skate show. Some stories never change. Matthews just doesn't get it. Of course, oh, I get Mister Mister Leaf gets in there. Matthews does get it. Some people just don't understand the game of hockey, and that's okay. Star players don't fight. Uh, 29 and 97 have zero fights, just like 34. Again, like, 
you got to throw Dreisaitl and McDavid in there. Like, I, I don't know what point you're making. They do this all the time. 29 of the Oilers has two hits all season long. The game is much different. I'm okay with them not fighting. Of course, I reply, it's not about fighting. It's about showing something. And he never does. Everything is always a joke. And then I added the picture in the scrum last year in Montreal in the playoffs, or two years ago, when he's sitting there laughing and everybody's pushing and shoving him and he's in the pile. Yeah, then they reply, because he doesn't care what you think. Oh, okay, it's about what I think. What I think is what anyone thinks. To ask him to fight is such a bad take. Trust me, I love big boy hockey. I love hits and fights. Dubas doesn't ca- doesn't care about toughness as a GM. As a Leafs fan, it sucks, but 34 isn't a fighter. Same with 29 and 97. Like, he's just going on and on about McDavid and, like, Dreisaitl and them. And it's like, he just doesn't get it, you know. And then, of course, he uses the the old Joshua here. He used Lucic leveled McDavid in the playoffs last year. His teammates got there, but once Lucic dropped his gloves, every Oiler on the ice ran away. 97 was laughing when he got tied up with someone. People just love to rip on Matthews any chance they get. It's okay, though. Um, yeah, but if you go and actually watch the whole Lucic thing, no, McDavid goes in there and jumps in, too. No one's laughing. Everyone's piling in. Now, none of them fight Lucic, but no, it's completely different than what Matthews did, but whatever leaf buddy just can't take off the leaf blinders and you know whatever like i said in the thing on morning skate no one's saying that matthews has to go probert and cox with somebody at center ice just grab a guy like i said most of the time on the leafs he's the biggest guy on the ice just wrestle with them oh believe me the refs will just they'll be climbing over each other to break the fight up you don't have to throw any punches he's strong enough to seat belt a guy just wrestle around I said Crosby's been seven, eight fights. You know, hell, Lemieux was in a was in a dozen. Hell, even Wayne Gretzky was in a few. You know, you know it, he'll be okay. Oh, what if he broke his hand? He'd be out from you know, yeah, because yeah, I'm sure Matthews would just be in there throwing machine gun right hands. Like okay, like just it's no, you don't get it. And I and I, it's funny he didn't reply to me, but I said. Uh, did, did you tell Mike Rupp that he doesn't know anything about hockey as well? I'm just curious. And, of course, he didn't reply to me. But, yeah, no, it's the same old story with Austin Matthews. And, yeah, the Leafs aren't going to win with that. And I know people hate to hear that. And it's, oh, yeah, you don't need a goon. And right away they go to instantly to goon. Like, if you fight, it's goon hockey or whatever idiot 2022 hockey mindset there is. And it's like... Uh, that that's that's not it it's, it's like no it's about showing something and standing up for yourself and that's where i quoted the darren kimball quote when he said the same thing about math his comment to that matthews video was like i'm not i'm not going to stick up for you until you stick up for yourself and you know and exactly like and he stands over there while everyone else is piling around he's just there with a stupid smile on his face like like he said yeah the hipster cool guy thing yeah, okay, it makes for memes, but it doesn't make for winning playoff series. You know, with your little porno stash and your earring and everything's funny. Oh, and captain material. That's not captain material. He's a fucking joke. Like, he's a great player. I'm not saying he isn't. He's an outstanding player. But the soft shit and everything's a joke all the time. And, like, yeah... You know what? Your playoff record's a joke, Matthews. That's that's the funny thing. But whatever. Anyway, those were my two. Uh, I, that got, Oh, you should see the what the next morning when I woke up. All oh, my notifications were filled with all the idiots. Oh, yeah. 
But anyway, enough of my yapping here. Let's let's get into my conversation with uh, with John. And uh, like I said, I want to thank John again for coming on the show. We had a lot of fun, and uh, it was it was fun to just talk fights with and just uh, a fellow fan. So I think you guys will dig it. And uh, yeah, guys, I hope everybody has a good Sunday. And uh, let's attack the work week. Apparently, I got to go out and shovel now, so I got to go do that. But uh, I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here we are in the fourth line voice. The, the second half of the show, well, John doesn't know this, but I'm going to, I have to record early. I have a few things I need to record before I get to my co-host today. But here we are on the line out in Ontario. My boy, John. John, how are you doing today? Doing good, Darren. How are you doing? Very good. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, Appreciate you having me. Well, yeah, and we're, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of gone back and forth. We traded some some fight DVDs over the last little while. New school here. We, we're we're mm-hmm. uploading them. I'm sending them through email. This is all new stuff to me here. So how we uh, how we uh, trade tape? I'm I'm used to trading VHS tapes. That's probably a little before your time, but uh, you know, yeah, a little before, but yeah, yeah. Well, first, well, before we kind of get uh, into our topics that we're gonna we're gonna talk about, little Ryan Reeves. We're gonna we're gonna do a player spotlight that uh, John suggested, and it was it's a it's a dandy player spotlight and uh i had a lot of fun actually tracking this guy's uh going back on youtube and going down that rabbit hole again but uh before we get into all that um you know just uh where are you from and uh you know kind of what got you into the into hockey and uh and yashu and you also have a youtube channel what uh what is the name of your channel and and what is it all about yeah so uh my channel is just my name very uncreative just john cernick it's a weird croatian name not a lot of vowels uh s-r-n-e-c uh oh yeah that's right and your, your just, youtube uh, channel is your name well that well jesus john that's a little unoriginal here that's right i forgot i know, it is your I, name. <laughs> I know. My, my wife's got all the creativity i just i just do stuff i just build things <laughs> she's a creative one of those and i didn't i didn't get her input on that so yeah i just use my name and uh and it's just uh, all uh, all fight uh, clips from uh, my DVD collection. Everything I, I upload is stuff I've saved to my computer, and I cut the clip out and upload. It. And I, I really uh, I've kind of tried to do like um, like upload all of uh, all the fights from one team in a season or or a player's whole career. Just kind of tried to stick to stuff like that, and you know, all of it's most of it's uh, like '90s and early 2000s stuff. Uh, a bit to the eighties. Uh, I don't have a lot of footage uh, from the eighties or, or before that, but you know, just yeah, just try to like upload, uh, you know, at least a few clips every day, and uh, you know, give a give all of us uh, fight fans a little trip down memory lane, and uh, you know, some actual good uh, good fights to watch. Not like the not like what passes for uh, fights nowadays in the NHL. So, and uh, yeah. Only NHL stuff. I don't have much minor league stuff, but uh, I don't know. Darren, you might be uh, convincing me to start expanding my uh, catalog. So, well, it's interesting, kind of, kind of going through your your channel because uh, uh, it was the other night I was going through, sitting in my chair here, and I'm you know in the big chair in the living room, going through the TV on the U- on YouTube, and I noticed you. Uh, yeah, when when you're uploading clips, you kind of go. 
you can, I'm like, all right, well, he, like, I'm just kind of looking here. He's like, okay, well, he has the coaster DVD going right now because you're uploading basically the entire coaster DVD. And then, uh, you know, yeah, you, you kind of go in, uh, you know, and then now, and then you're doing like a Calgary one, or like you said, that you, you kind of do the clip off the DVD. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of, I thought like when I started the channel, I, I thought like, I'll try to do something a little different. Like everyone, all the other like good hockey play channels, and kind of just upload random stuff, which is great. You know, you kind of did something new and it's always a surprise. But I'm like, you know, I, maybe I'll just kind of upload like a whole DVD, but like cut up in the clips and people can, you know, watch what they want and not be like having to, you know, sit through like two hours of footage. And, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe people would be interested in that. And I don't know, maybe it, it triggers some minor like OCD thing for me and makes me feel good seeing it like that. So yeah, I, I just started doing that and uh, yeah, you know, and I, what I also do is I try to save all those clips to like a specific playlist, like of the DVD. So like, like you said, like I'm doing like Joey coaster right now. So I'm putting all of those clips and putting in a playlist. So if you want, you can just go to that and just watch the whole, watch the whole lot of them, you know, and yeah. not have to, Basically, like you watch a DVD on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you bounce around or whatever. But yeah, well, that's one thing I like about your channel, though. It's like, yeah, everything's sort of like you said. It's all organized, and uh, and your quality's really good too. Um, you know, I appreciate um, that, man. yeah, it's uh, no man. I I dig the channel, and it was uh, uh, yeah. I was kind of the the coaster thing. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. I'll have to uh, off air. I gotta. I'll have to ask you about uh about your list here. We'll see what you got. I might be able to, uh, to help you out with a few things here, but, uh, I'd be, I'd be appreciated, man. Thanks. Yeah. So, but yeah, so well, like you said, you almost got a thousand subscribers. So, uh, yeah, your, uh, your YouTube channel is hopping here. Um, what's, uh, what, when did you kind of get into the whole, uh, the collecting thing? And were you like, uh, were, were you, I guess you wouldn't have been around for really for fried chicken, but were you a member of the, the hockeyfights.com message board? Uh, no, I, I actually never joined hockeyfights.com, which is kind of weird because it was it was an article on that site that actually like kind of uh, pushed me into this whole hockey fighting hobby. It was an interview with Scott Parker, and uh, all uh, I can admit I am a I'm a Sharks fan. I don't know. I think it was just my mom bought me something with the logo on it. And as a little kid, I thought it was cool. And obviously going up in Canada, I'm a hockey fan. I already got the Sharks jacket. Whatever, so I guess I'm their fan. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just saw an interview with Scott Parker when he joined the team. And, and I knew who Scott Parker was because, uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of guys just did because, you know, he had the, he had the lumberjack beard and he was tough as heck. And, yeah. I'm like, oh man, Sharks got this guy. This is cool. And, you know, I read about this crazy brawl he had where he was trying to kill Garrett Burnett, rest, rest in peace. And uh, I'm like, man, I gotta see that. And I couldn't find it anywhere. And it just kind of went on from there. And eventually, I ended up finding a Drop Your Gloves and joined there. And uh, you know, I was on that site like all the time. And you know, did a, you know, viewed a lot of fights and posted a lot of stuff and. Uh, really enjoyed it and, and when it went away that's kind of what you know spurned me to uh start my youtube channel and thought you know it's not coming back and uh, i got all this 
all these, you know, DVDs just kind of sitting around and might as well upload them and, you know, others, let other people enjoy them too. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so, so you're a drop the gloves, uh, guy. Well, well, hopefully with, uh, with Steve getting uh, drop your gloves 2.0 ramped up and, and ready to go, uh, you know, we'll get we'll get the message board down on uh, on that site jumping again, and we'll get uh, hopefully get people back into it and involved. And and I think if you can, uh, hopefully we can spark. I know there's a few guys that I think sort of, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, kind of retired when drop your gloves went down. So hopefully we can kind of get yeah. them back into it. And I know there's some guys that are that's that are sitting on some really cool footage that uh, hopefully we can. Uh, with the new site, kind of get them back involved. So I think there's, there's still some stuff out there that people haven't seen. So, or there's lots of stuff out there that people haven't seen. So hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully yeah. we can get them back into it, but yeah, I hope so, man. Cause, uh, you lost a lot of, a lot of good stuff and good information and history. When Joppy loves him down and real credit to Steve for, you know, not complaining about it and just saying, Hey, I'm going to try to do this again. And, do it even better than it was before, and that's a big undertaking. And I appreciate him doing that, man. Yeah, um, I'll definitely be there when it's done, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when it first comes on, yeah, it's gonna take gonna be a lot of work involved, and I think it's gonna take a lot of people to obviously put in data and all that stuff. But I think uh, you know, and it's gonna be slow going, but uh, you know, I I think it can really get built. It'll really get built into something, and I think and I think it's being done the right way, done by like a, you know passionate. Like Steve's a passionate fight fan, right? He's just, uh, you know, he's yeah, there for yeah. the right reasons, and yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, it'll definitely be cool going forward. But, uh, but what, John? What are we going to talk about today? I mean, you know, I guess I'll throw out the Reeves thing first because uh, that's actually what kind of sparked our. Because I, you know, I know I had talked to you. We had exchanged texts back and forth for the last couple months about. Oh, you should come on the show. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. Maybe come up with something and back and forth. And didn't really have anything concrete. Yeah. And then uh, I said a couple episodes ago, um, I didn't know what everyone's issue with Ryan Reeves was and blah, 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 and whatever. Well, you replied and sent me an email, and it was a very well-written email about, uh, <laughs> oh, I was going to say your issue with Ryan Reeves. It really wasn't your issue with Ryan Reeves, but more just pointing yeah. out what you think the issue is with the Ryan Reeves mm-hmm. hate and uh yeah yeah well kind of like and it was yeah it was good and it was uh basically I'm not gonna ask you to you know verbatim what you said to me in the email but it was just sort of basically mm-hmm. what was your my thought was what why do people hate Ryan Reeves so I'll ask you why do people hate Ryan Reeves what is your reply to that I think the reason people hate him probably most of all is that he seems to kind of relish the celebrity of being the toughest guy in the league. And like, he seems to get a lot of attention for that. Like, you know, you know, other you know, hockey podcasts and that, like any like commentator, you know, whether it's a guy on hockey night in Canada or, or TSN or whatever. And he's like, Oh, he's, Oh, he's, you know, the, the, he's the boogeyman. He's the guy everyone's afraid of. And it's like, and don't get me wrong, like I, I think there's some truth to that. He's, I would say, he's pretty clearly the probably the best fighter in the league. But at the same time, like, man, where where was that kind of you know celebrity when McGrath was around or, or Bugard or, or Bashir? Like, you know, I guess Tobin Domi kind of you know got some shine like that. But and like, 
I'm not knocking leaves. Like, I wish those guys, like those older guys, they got that kind of spotlight on them too. And it, and at the same, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, when those guys were doing it though, they were fighting a lot of different competition than Leaves was, you know. So you get guys, you know, whether it's commentators or whether it's all these new age hockey fans that are just insufferable all over social media, just talking about how Leaves is, you know, the biggest, baddest guy ever because he, you know, he beats up Lucas Sedlak or Austin Watson. It's like, you know, man, like, yeah, like, yeah, he's a real accomplished fighter and he's really, you know, taking it to some of these guys, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, he drops the gloves with, you know, Curtis McDermott or Delorier. It doesn't look like, you know, doesn't look the same as when he's fighting those other guys. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of partly because that intimidation that, he has like a lot of his fights are like one before the gloves drop because all he's got to do is drop the gloves. He throws a few and he's big, strong guy, obviously. And so those punches are coming hard and fast and they don't even need to land. He could hit the air and the other guy's like, yeah, I don't want any part of this anymore. And that's it. They just crumble and leaves wins the fight and skates off. Like he's the, you know, baddest mother who's ever skated. And, you know, for a guy, for guys like us, as like we were like hockey fight fans, we're like, yeah, that that wouldn't have worked against McGrath. That wouldn't work against Cold Nor. You know, and I'm just making up those two guys because Weaves was in the league when they were at, and that brings me to like my second point about Weaves. Like, he was a contemporary of some of the last, you know, true, like, tough as nails would fight anybody at any moment type guys like, you know, Cole Moore, Brian McGladden. And, like, was he fighting those guys, though? Like, well, I don't well, know, he man. Did fight, he, did fight, he did fight McGladden. Yeah. And, and how, yeah, he, no, he did. And McGladden took it to him pretty good, I think. Was, you know, and, yeah. like, even when he fought, like, John Scott, like, you know, it wasn't much of anything, you know. He seemed to fight, like, he seemed to, like, kind of, you know, hang with, like, Kyle Clifford, Paul Bistonette, you know, more like those guys. And they're tough guys, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's not, I'm not saying it's easy to fight those guys, but I, I think it's fair to say it's a little easier than fighting, you know, some of the bigger boys that were in the league at the time. And, like, you know, in, you know, the flip side to that is like, well, you know, he was a rookie making his way in the league and he wasn't a fighter like in junior. If you look at his numbers, it wasn't like he was piling up, you know, majors left and right. So like, yeah, you know, obviously broke in with the blues and they had Jansen. So, you know, yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was fine. He kind of, you know, let Jansen maybe take more of those guys on and, you know, he took care of uh, whoever was left. But, you know, it, it just to me, it was like, you know, I think I, I think I always said in my emails, like, I think it's, it's not remarkable, like, the guys he fought and beat, you know, in his earlier days. And then now, like, I mean, there's nobody around. And that's not his fault, either. like, either. Like, you know, I'm not saying this to, to hate on him, but I think I can understand why people kind of look at him and just kind of, like, groan or, or you know, just 
like uh, another Leafs fight where he fights a guy who's got no chance of beating him, and you know it's not like he, you know, you know it's not like any any of the old fights, like a Grand Marshall fight where there's you know thirty punches thrown in ten seconds. It's like no, nah, he throws a few and the guy falls down and that's it. And you know, obviously everyone's gonna be like, yeah, he's won again, but like. I don't know. To me, to me, it's like one of those things. Just kind of like, yeah. I think <laughs> I think with Reeves, it's sort of like uh, I always said with Reeves. I, I I think the issue becomes it's like he's the product of his environment, right? And I think what happens yeah. is is the uh, like we were saying before we got going, right? This generation of fan has never like yeah, he's their probert, right? He's their yep. number one, right? While anyone that has any that's older that grew up with well, with Probert and all these guys or with McGratton and stuff, you know, can see through it. But it's like, uh, and I think in this day and age, of course, with social media the way it is and Instagram and everything else, I think the hype of people is so much more now, right? And and you have these young people that have propped Reeves up to this, you know, this height of, you know, is he's the baddest motherfucker ever. And it's like, well... You know, come on now. You know, he's maybe for the last two seasons. You know, and and I and I always th- and I think almost it becomes there's the blowback by from you know older like guys my age or whatever the older guys in face. I always laugh because it's the older guys in the fight group that I know that have been around that hate on Reeves, which was kind of what that led me to the whole thing, right? Like, why if you're a fight yeah. fan, why do you hate Reeves? Like, I don't under. I, I get it. Like, I, I shouldn't say that. I understand why they hate on him. But to me, it's sort of a ridiculous idea because it's like, I always say there's so few guys now. It's almost like, fuck, we should almost just celebrate anybody that fights nowadays just because it's like, it just doesn't, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, let's, yep. let's sort of like all of the unicorns, you know, because there's only like eight of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whereas back in the day, I mean, you know, every team had two and three. And you could, you could literally hate on a few guys because it's like, well, because there was like three dozen more that you could like. But, you know, so I think with Reeves, yeah, it's just more, yeah. And like you said, that was the thing when he came out of junior. And I don't know if people realize this, some people, he wasn't a fighter. Out of junior, he only had yeah. like ten fights in like three Western Hockey League seasons. Like he was a third line grinder guy, you know. And it was like, yeah. and you could just look at his as at his progression in this in his second year in the American League. Obviously, someone sat him down and is like, if you ever want to make it in pro hockey, you're going to have to fight. And it's mm-hmm. and I think it's the same conversation that Paul Bissonette got from Pittsburgh. It's yep. like, if you're ever going to make the NHL, mm-hmm. you better start fighting. Cause Bissonette didn't really fight either. He would fight now and mm-hmm. again, but he was no, yeah, he wasn't the Colt nor anything, right? Like these guys that were bred yeah. for it sort of thing. So yeah. So he really had to obviously change his mindset and his whole approach. So that's why I would say too, like, you know, for as tough as Reeves is and everything, I don't, I don't know if he has the true, I don't know if he has the true fighter mentality. Really, mm-hmm. like I don't think, like I don't think he has that that same mindset that a robbery has, or a there had, or a Brian McGratton or Colton, or like where it's their sole focus. Like Reeves is also yeah. in an age where he can't just solely focus on that because he won't play. You know, mm-hmm. you don't. They don't have guys like that anymore. So he has to obviously oh. play a little too. 
but it's, uh, you know, and he, he does do, I think he's always up there and hits, and, I mean, he obviously plays a physical game, which, you know, with the way that mm-hmm. things are, that's a rarity now, too. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, um, yeah, I, I guess I sort of answered my own question, but yeah, and I, like, and I agree with what you're saying, right? And there's a certain, yeah. and it's a certain way that he carries himself, too, after the fights, right? Like, you know, and he's yeah, like, like, you know, like, and it's you like, know, like, I think you said it best, like, a few, I, I forget, but I heard, remember hearing you say, like, it's really easy to be the, the, you know, act like you're the top dog when there's no one to challenge you. Like, yeah, when you're, you know, when you're the tiger in the pen and everyone else is a kitten, it's like, you know, yeah, it's really easy to act tough. There's no one there to yeah. actually, like, stand up to you. So, like. Yeah, which you know, and like like I guys say, like I actually I don't hate Weaves. Like I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like at this point, like he fights. I'm a fan of him. That's it. And like I say that as a like I said, I was a Sharks fan. Obviously, he was on Vegas. They had some battles in the playoffs. And like as much as I like was watching that, and like man, he is wrecking our team like all the time. He's just laying into guys and saying, "Hey, I'll fight anybody. And there's no one to challenge him." And I'm like. I'm not sitting there like, man, I hate weeds. You know, this guy's a bum. No, I'm thinking like, I wish the Sharks had him. Like, I want him on my team. I don't hate him. I just wish there was more of him. I wish there was someone else like him. But, like, it really isn't, you know? Yeah, well, and, yeah, and that was yeah, the thing. I remember, him, I remember having the argument with the guy. Not really an argument, but he was kind of, he's laying in about Reeves and his post-fight shit and all this. And, like, I told the guy, I said, yeah, but aren't you a fan of Domi? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's the same thing. I said, Domi was doing that shit 20 years ago that Reeves is doing now. But you hate Reeves now. Why do you hate Reeves for doing it, but you like Domi doing it? Like, it's like, you know what I mean? And he's like, well, yeah, but Reeves can do it because no one's going to do anything about it. I'm like, well, that's not Reeves' fault. Like, you know. And that's the thing. It's like it's that double-edged sword again, right? I mean, he basically, he, he act like, for lack of a better term, he acts like a bully. And he's and he messes with people and and like, yeah, and it's like come do something about it then, and he knows no one's gonna do anything about it, and it's like so. But I'm like I completely don't blame him for doing that. I'm like I like the fact that he does that, you know. And it's like I always, mm-hmm. I, but that's just me. Like even back in the night, it, guys that kind of acted like assholes, it was like I always sort of liked that because it was like like Twist kind of had like Tony Twist did that too. Like yeah. he, he would tell you how tough he was, and if you didn't like, you come do something about it. Then if you don't like it, you know. And he would, and he would. But at the same time, the difference is when Twist said it, someone would come and do something about it. Now they might yeah. not be successful at it, but they were going to try it. When Reeves does it, three quarters of the league has no one to come and do anything about it. So and so it's All like, right. well, I so on the other hand, I get the argument of like. Well, and Reeves knows this too. So it's sort of like, well, he knows he's safe, right? So he can yell and scream and laugh at their team. Like if he's playing the Leafs, he can make fun of that team all day. But what are they going to, no one's going to do anything about it. And he knows that. So it's like kind of this false bravado too, maybe, you know, so, huh, listen, I'm actually kind of talking myself out of this whole Reeves thing, right? As I'm doing it on the air here. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a false. It's not. I wouldn't say like. I guess maybe the better way to put it instead of false bravado is like it's a bravado that doesn't have to be true because it's never going to be tested. Is it false? I don't know. Maybe if the Leafs 
found whatever tough guy and brought him up, you know, and he was actually going to stand up to him. He's like, would Lee's act the same? Maybe, because I, I do think Lee's is a legit, like, tough guy. Yeah, that, really, that's true. Yeah, fall. Reeves would act like that. And so if, like, if they did send somebody, Reeves would fight him. Like, that's the thing. I don't, yeah. you're right, you're right. I don't, like, I don't think Reeves would duck anybody. Like, if they came no, after him, no. he would, he would fight him. Like, I've I, never, I I've never seen Reeves duck. A, like, I mean, again, I don't watch hockey, but I mean, if Reeves ever yeah. ducked a fight, holy shit, that clip would be all over the internet. So I'm like, yeah. and I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I haven't seen him do it. So I guess if someone's coming to challenge him, he would fight him. So I get, yeah, you're right. False bravado is not, the, that's not the right term. It's, but at the same time, it's, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, but like, like you said, though, like, why is it, it's not his fault. Like, he can act like that. If no one's going to challenge him, if no one's going to stand up to him, mm-hmm. why shouldn't he do that? That's, isn't that the role of, like, being the tough guy on your team is to intimidate the other team? Well, you're trying to win. You're not yeah, trying to, well, like, yeah, to look good for TV. Exactly. And I think, and that's something that I've always brought up. And I think that's definitely, that's definitely lost on today's fan because they don't understand it. But I think you know. even talking with older fans, like on Facebook and stuff in these fight groups, Man, oh man, I mean, I know these guys have been fans since the 70s, but I've, I've often openly questioned, like, do you really understand what this is all about? Mm-hmm. Like, you're supposed to be an asshole. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know, I don't understand, like, it, it's these, these guys with this code shit and all this, it's like, I think people have, like, I've, oh, I've harped on it a million times on this show, but I think people are, so, some guys are so wrapped up into this code horse shit and, like, this romantic yeah. view of fighting. That I'm like, I, but I'm like, but dude, you were around in the eighties and nineties. You saw what McSorley and Brown and Samanko and all them did, but yet yeah. you're still yelling about the code. It's like, what are you talking about? You know? And it's just like, I, I always thought like me personally, I always thought the point of an enforcer was to be an asshole and be a bully. That was the mm-hmm. point. And to, like I said, to, uh, yeah, to just push people around. And either dare him to do yeah. something about it, or shut it, shut up, you know. And like, and that was the point. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know if it's. I guess it's been a lot. Well, you can't with the rules and shit. You can't do that now anyway. But it's like, but I think that's yeah. been it's been completely lost, and I think it's lost on some older mm-hmm. fans as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it was. Um, like I think you mentioned something like that in the last episode of yours I listened to, and then. He also did a list of like uh, the blue jackets, and so like those two things got reminded me of an interview I heard with uh, Jody Shelley. Like he was trying to explain because the guy asked him, and I think this was like when he was on San Jose, and that's why why I saw it. But he was like, "I gotta ask you a question." Like Corey Perry's out there running around being a rat, being Corey Perry, and then you come out and fight George Perros. Explain that to me. Like, it doesn't make sense. And the guy's like, and Shelly, to his credit, he's like, well, it's more like, I know Perry won't fight me, so I don't even bother asking anymore. Like, maybe back when I, like, in the old days, I would do that. But now I, I just know, like, I'm scared of protection. He doesn't have to fight me. He's scared of me or whatever. So, like, I fight George because... George is protecting him from me, and he just knows he has to. That's why he's there, and I'm just fighting him because I got to do something or else I'm not really doing my job. So 
like, I kind of get it, but, like, I understand the whole thing, like, about, like, the code kind of, it kind of made them and their job just less. I, oh, I, I, I yeah, I've, I've, I've said it a million times, that the code ended the enforcer. Yeah. That's what all these guys go yeah. on and on about. A does something to B, so C goes out and fights D. That makes no sense. Like, what? Why? That it's ridiculous, you know. And it's like, yeah, like if and Shelly was one of those few guys who like who played like you know pretty late to the end of like you know real fighters in hockey who kind of would like go after you know a guy when he was yeah. acting out and whatever. Like he was pretty old school for his time, and I mean he was kind of like at a loss trying to explain it, like. Yeah, well, because you can't because when you when you break it down like the way he does, it sounds ridiculous. You know, in in yeah. reality, I mean, hey, I like watching Shelley fight Peros. I like for the entertainment value, but when you break mm. the actual the whole thing down, it's ridiculous. Because Perry still didn't get what he should get, you know. So it's like, yeah, and it's like, and the rules and the mindset, and it's that's what's that's what caused it all. And it was like, and that's, yeah. I think that's what ended up, you end up getting, and I, I hate the term staged fights because it's so ridiculous, but, but I, I mean, know. that's what led to a lot of that stuff. Cause it's like, well, I'm out here, yeah. you're out here. Well, I guess we better do something, you know, cause we get our three shifts. Yeah. Right. So it was just the mindset yeah. and the way the game was going. Cause that's the one thing like in the eighties and stuff or whatever, like with Barubi and Darren Kimball and McSorley and guys like that, well, they played a regular shift. Like, they didn't get two shifts a period, you know, like Bugard mm-hmm. and those, or Steve McIntyre or guys like that did, right? Like, they were regular sort of mm-hmm. contributors, so yeah. they were out there a lot more. So in terms of that, yeah, they could mix it up more and, like, you know, yeah, they could maybe run around, put a big hit on in the first period or whatever, while in the second period, you know, Fakoda would come out or Domi would come out and, you know, and then it would, you know, shit would get going. But, yeah, this just this idea of, I'm going to get three shifts and you're going to get three shifts and we'll fight during one of them. It's like, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of, uh, the enforcer sort of got, uh, you know, whittled away with, with. Yeah. Like the kind of like, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I was going to be like, yeah, they kind of like made their own jobs less relevant with the way they kind of went about enforcing. Like, you know, yeah. if it's just going to be you two shifts, me two shifts, okay, we got to fight, you know, three minutes into the game, and then we're done. It's like, well, yeah, eventually like, people are going to be like, and I said people like, you know, the guys, the managers, coaches, all these guys like, why do we need this? Like, you just yeah. you go, you fight the other tough guy. If the other team doesn't have a tough guy, then you're not doing yeah. much else. Like, Well, like you said, hey, so, like Corey Perry's acting like, up. So Shelly's not going to go but, grab him because – Oh, well, Perry doesn't fight. Well, okay, well, then make him fight, you know, but that's the problem. And I always use the example of Sean Thornton when he did that to Orpec. When Orpec was running around like a goof and Thornton went and challenged him and he wouldn't fight. And then Thornton's like, well, fuck you. We're fighting. And he Mm -hmm. grabbed him and punched him and dropped him and gave him a concussion. Well, Thornton got 15-game suspension for it. I'm like, well, Thornton did exactly what he was hired to do. That's exactly what he was paid by the Boston Bruins to do. To enforce, mm-hmm. and that was the guy who did it. He didn't wait for yep. what, did, to go fight Erskine because of Orpac. No, he went after Orpac exactly what he should have done. 
And it's yeah, like exactly. You know, and then, but he got 15 games for it. So there you go. So that's why it doesn't happen. Like mm-hmm. it can't happen like that anymore. So I get. So I get that they're. I'm not knocking the enforcer because their hands are tied. Right. The rules have made yeah, it up. No. Yeah. You know. It's just like that. The old school way of sort of like, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to help my team. If that means I'm fighting, you know, the toughest guy on your side or the guy who's acting like a goof, that's who I'm fighting. And if you don't like the fact that I, you know, I'm picking on that guy because he's running around and you want to do something about it, I'll be there and answer the bell too. And that's just completely lost. Yeah. And like... You know, it's it's sad because you know going back in the, you know, watching the old older fights, like you kind of felt like it, it. There was more to it. Like there there was something on the line when these guys dropped the gloves. Like you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it it became. You know what I mean? It became something else. It kind of morphed and and changed into this sort of we're fighting for these roundabout reasons. Yeah. Because that's that's what we're here for. But, yeah, it, it, it sort of became like a boxing match. It's a title fight. Yeah. Everyone's coming because they're expecting yep. Reeves to fight McDermott, so we better fight. You know, why? Well, because, you know, we should. You know, whereas before mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, like you said, it was like, you know, Ruby was running around, so Domi was going to go out there, right? And it's just like, yeah, there, yep. there seemed to be more. Now, not to say that there wasn't like, oh, I'm out, we better fight or whatever. Like, I mean, that happened too. It always did. Nothing's absolute. But, I mean, you know, and there's yeah. also a lot of shit going on that obviously the fans don't know about because it's within the game or something that happened behind the play that no one saw or between the benches talking to each other. And, you know, so people don't see that. And the announcers don't see it either. So that's lost too. You don't really know unless you're on the ice. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but like you said, for the most part, it became almost just appointment fights, which I didn't, yeah. you know, whatever. I didn't have a problem with because I just like to see the yeah, fights. Yeah, I, I but... never had a problem with it either. But at the same time, like, I kind of, I kind of fought for them because, like, man, you, I think uh, I heard Parker, Scott Parker say, it, like, you know, you give Joe Sackick three shifts a game, see how much you notice him. Like, you, yep. you're making them, like, what, what more can he do? Like he's got three shifts. I either fight the guy who's actually going to fight me, or I do absolutely nothing at all. And like, well, that's not a difficult decision to make. Like I want to keep my job, but like, you know, it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't going to last, though. You know. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and that's unfortunate. That changed. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just yeah, it became extinct, and you know, and. Uh, you know, I and it's because uh, you always hear that term. Well, I, I like the fights now because they mean something. It's like, well, I, I get what I I get what you're saying, but I'm like, well, every fight always meant something to somebody. You know, at the very yeah. least, it meant something to the two guys that were in it. You know, they didn't want to lose, yeah. so it meant something to them. Mm-hmm. So you know, but that you know. that was also something that man, that's something that bothered me so much about the people. Who, who always who was so proponent about getting rid of fighting because it wasn't safe. And, like, you know, I'm not saying every hockey player, every pro athlete's, you know, rocket scientist or anything, but I'm pretty sure they know that getting punched in the head is not good for their health. So, like, if you're saying this is so bad, why would they do it in the first place? Like, but 
but they'd also say like oh, it's so irrelevant. Like there's no point. Why is you know why is Shelby fighting Parker? This has no meaning. This doesn't matter in the game. I'm like well, if it doesn't matter and it's really bad for their health, why are they bothering to do it? Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't like you seem to be talking on both sides of your mouth. But I don't know. It, it was something that always kind of. Well, it's like the, struck out know, to me as like. Yeah, well, and but the same people that'll bitch about fighting, you know, because all oh, the head trauma and everything else. Okay, so then, like, I've I've had this argument on Twitter a million times. I said, so they should get rid of contact then too. Oh well, now you're just talking stupid. Oh, well, am I? You just said no. you're all concerned about head trauma. What's the leading cause of head trauma? Hitting. So shouldn't we get yeah. rid of hitting then too? If if that bothers you so much. Oh, well, you're taking it out. You're not understanding what I mean. I said, no, I understand completely what you mean. You just don't like, you're just sort of picking and choosing your, you don't like the fighting because of the violent aspect of it. It's it an looks, easy target. Yeah, well, and it's and it's violent and there's people punch and bleeding and, okay. But I, me personally, I'd rather take my chances in a, in a straight up square off fight than getting caught with my head down by Scott Stevens at the blue line. Yep. So, you know, but what Stevens did isn't wrong either. I mean, that's within the rules. You're allowed to hit people. So which is it then? If you're going to, if you're going to, like I said, you're, you, you know, all we're, we're still robbing the bank. We're just arguing whether with a gun or with a knife. It doesn't really matter. You still rob the bank at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, so either you're all in on head trauma or you can't pick and choose your outrage, which they do. That's what always bothered me. Yeah, no, exactly. And it, it, it doesn't make any sense when you look at it. And, like, you, all the talk about head trauma, whatever, and like, yeah, it's serious. And, you know, hearing about, you know, how some of these guys ended up is, is tragic. And, you know, you feel for their families and their friends. Well, at the same time, I'm saying, like, you know, you're playing pro hockey for... 10, 15, sometimes 20 years, at that fast pace, like, you don't even need to be hit. You just bump into the guy. You yeah. just, whatever, like, your head gets knocked, uh, that's a concussion, according to all the scientists. And it's like, well, how many times does that happen in a career? Yeah. You know? Well, and the, and the equipment is just like, I mean, the equipment nowadays is just like body armor. It's like Kevlar. These guys are bigger than ever, it, it moving is, faster I, than ever. And it's just like, yeah, it's inevitable that your 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 head's just going to get bounced around, and it's just like it is. Yeah, it's just like the idea that you can make hockey like that safe. It, it's just preposterous, and so you just like you really do have to just come to terms with like how okay am I with the potential of ending up with head trauma, yeah. and but but at the same time, it's like people ask that, and you're like, well. Safety, health is the only thing that matters. Well, like, you know, I, I know from listening to your show, like, you're a blue-collar guy. I'm a blue-collar guy. I know when I retire, my back isn't going to be in the best shape. My knees aren't going to be in the best shape. My joints aren't going to be great. Like, it, there's no perfect career. Even you sit in an office all day. I ain't even looking at a screen. That's not good for your eyes. That's not good for your neck and, like, whatever. Like, every job has risks to your health. Like, it's not a, it's unavoidable. So, like, but these guys are very well compensated. They get to live 
you know, the high life for a while. And, like, I say that knowing, like, yeah, it's a, it's a grind and it's grueling, but, like, you're well paid and you're staying at pretty nice hotels and flying, you know, first class, whatever. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, no, you I want to come yeah. work in a casual shop and I'll live your life as a pro hockey player. I think I'll take that trade. I'm not sure you will. <laughs> well, like you said, like, you keep, you know, you've referenced Scott Parker a few times. I mean, you see the interviews with him. I mean, he's struggling now a little bit, you know, with some head injuries and stuff. And, I mean, he's going through it each day and battling, but he's got some head trauma there. But at the same time, when you talk to him, he said, I wouldn't trade anything. I'd do it all. He goes, yeah. I'd do it all again tomorrow, knowing what I know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's just one of those things, right? But, uh, well, yeah. yeah, well, there we go. We kind of rambled about that for a little while. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Is Colorado going to repeat? Is Toronto Maple Leafs, is this going to be finally be the year? I see Carolina's up there in the Stanley Cup Futures bets as well. If that wasn't enough excitement, you could turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yes, folks. Um, by popular demand here, the uh, the player spotlight uh, was something that I've started here in the last little bit, and it actually has gotten some really positive feedback. People are really enjoying it, and uh, and uh, and John here threw out the threw out a few names, and uh, I said, well, let's pick one, uh, and and we'll go with it. And the one we picked was uh, Grant Marshall. And, uh, I was digging the pick, man, when you threw it out and, uh, going down the rabbit hole. And, um, he was, uh, you know, like you said, wasn't the biggest guy, you know, six one, two hundred pounds. Uh, let's read his stats here. Here, I didn't realize he was a first round pick from Toronto, 23rd overall in the 92 draft. And, uh, yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> no. And, uh, and the, I know he had a hell of a long career in the NHL, 700 some games, but, I didn't realize he was a first-round pick. Um, I do know in his first year in the Ontario Hockey League, he was actually hit from behind and was temporarily uh, he had temporarily paralyzed, and uh, you know he had broke his neck, yeah. and uh, to, and so to battle back from that with the halo on and all that stuff, and to battle back and then to end up you know uh, two years later going in the first round. I mean that says something about the guy, and then to go on and play seven hundred some NHL games and for as physical as he was and. Uh, and everything else it's uh you know with over 100 career fights and um and and the dude and like you said wide open and did not back down from anybody and uh no yeah like what like what made you throw out the name grant marshall and what are your thoughts i think i just threw him out because i was like uh you know the first few guys you did were just kind of the same uh Chris Murray and uh, Jansen's there, like, just wide open and just 
swinging. They weren't there to clutch and grab. They weren't there to just make it look like they were fighting. Like, no, these guys were, they were going and they were, they were trying to win. And, you know, it was just, I'm going to throw and I'm going to try to hit you and you're going to try to hit me. And I'm not too concerned about stopping you. I'm just trying to hit home with mine. And, uh, you know, I just remember when I really get into the, really getting into the hobby and thinking, man, this, this guy Marshall is, he's a, <laughs> he's all action all the time. Like he's never in a dull fight. And like, no matter like anybody else, like, yeah, we'll have a couple of duds every now and then, but like, just didn't seem to happen with him. Like he just always there, like just swinging. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you said, right. Wide, wide open and, uh, and, and just, uh, was not afraid to, to take on anybody. And just, uh, and like I said, oh. um, I was always a Marshall fan, but it, it's like I said when I was doing the other spotlights. When you start going down that rabbit hole and kind of kind of rediscovering, um, you know, and it's like you know you see so many fights they all run together. But yeah, when I started going yeah. that, like even his very first NHL fight against Matt Barnaby, like they just go toe to toe. It's like that's a, it's awesome. Yeah, no, he like. It's almost like all of his fights kind of like follow the same pattern. It's just him grabbing on and swinging. Sometimes switch hands, and he just he didn't know like any other way. And you know, for a guy who, like you said, like, had a, his neck broke at seventeen playing in the OHL, but to come back and play like that and fight like that, it's just unreal. And uh, I always remember actually uh, uh, Don Cherry mentioning him like watching games in the arena with like the halo around his neck and all the, the stuff sticking out to keep his neck straight when he was recovering him. He actually went up to Cherry. Cherry said, and he told him like, I'm going to play in the NHL one day. Like this isn't it for me. And Cherry always said that I kind of stuck with him. He always kind of took that and would encourage other kids. He knew who got hurt like young and said, Hey, don't give up. This guy can make it. You can make it too. And, and he, he certainly fought with the same courage. He, uh, Faced his recovery with man. Oh yeah, no, ab- absolutely, and 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 like you said, it's uh, you know, to get hurt then, and then like I said, the following, you know, comes back the following season after a broken neck, thirty-two goals, fifty-one assists, hundred and thirty-two minutes, and then seventeen points and eleven playoff games in Ottawa with the sixty-sevens. It's like, yeah, unbelievable. And like you said, go on the NHL. He played exactly seven hundred games, two hundred thirty-nine points, and it's just like. You know, when won two Stanley Cups, one with Dallas and one with New Jersey. It's like, yeah, man, the guy had a hell of a ride, and and like I said, and go and then yeah. and then top it all off, going going through his fight card was just, uh, you know, for those for those out there, uh, you know, uh, again, the fights that I'm going to bring up are on YouTube, so you can definitely check them out. And I know John has some of them on his channel, but um, yeah, like the fight with Barnaby, his OHL Earth, OHL, his NHL debut, and then you know, and, and then he has like. He fought. Would he fight Jim Cummins three or four times? All those were like, well, he dropped Cummins oh. in, the, in the first one, and uh, you yeah. know, a little TKO, and then and the thing was with Marshall, and like you said, right, it was kind of hit or be hit, and uh, he actually had back to back TKO losses to Luke Richardson and Murray Barron that first year. Yeah, yeah, he took he took a couple pretty clean, and he you know he went down, but. He, you know, he also got a few guys too uh, a bit later on, and you know, I just 
I think you just like seeing seeing a guy like like him who just I'm I'm just trying to hit you with my best. You're trying to hit me with my best, and yeah, you know, you, you fight like that, you win. You're gonna win some. You're gonna lose some. It's just the way it is. And he wasn't like you said. Like he wasn't a, a huge guy or anything. Like so, like some of these guys he was fighting. You know, they they had a you know a few inches, a few pounds on him, but he uh it didn't change the way he uh he attacked. You know. And I think you got to give a guy like that a lot of credit because uh, that's not an easy thing to do. But uh, No, yeah. and like you said, it didn't yeah. matter. I mean, he fought Eric Karens twice. And, I mean, you talk about size difference. And it wasn't like oh, he yeah. was ducking away from Karens. Like, I mean, um, it was interesting, the two fights. Because the first time they fought was sort of Karens' rookie year with the Rangers too, right? So, and he was a little oh, kind of, you know, unorthodox and kind of clumsy and kind of had to... You know, he's obviously, but obviously people when they talk about Karen's kind of bring up the, the glass jaw, so to speak, when he first kind of came up with the Rangers. But it, him and Marshall have this interesting fight where it's actually kind of sloppy. Like they kind of, they're hitting each other, going for it, but then they break apart and get back together and square off again. And it, and it's kind of sloppy. But uh, later on, they fight later in their career when Marshall's with New Jersey and Karen's is with the Islanders. And at this point, Karen's a Karen's sort of put, a yeah, he sort of put shit together at this point and figured it all out and learned how to use uh, his size and everything. The fight goes a little different the second time, but uh, but like yeah. you said, Marshall didn't back down from it, and um, you know, and he certainly, I, I guess I'll put it this way, and for those watching, I found it interesting in the first fight with Karen's, Marshall hits him with a really good left, kind of right at the start of the fight. And you can see Karen's, he doesn't go down, but he sort of like, it's, you can tell it stuns him because he lets go and they sort of like stumble around and they square off again. And it's, you, and you watch the fight, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But then fast forward to the Islanders, Karen's, Marshall hits him with the same shot in that one. And this time Karen doesn't move and he just keeps coming now, right? And he's got a hold of him and he controls mm. him better. And it's, it's an interesting, you could just see the development in, in in well that was more Eric Karen's and Marshall, but you could you could just see the how Karen's like you said right kind of he he learned he got it together, and for the for a couple of years yeah, there, he, that that Islander Florida Karen's was like a killer. Oh yeah, yeah. The Islanders Eric Karen's and Rangers Eric Karen's are like two completely different fighters, <laughs> like. Yeah. You can't really compare the two. I mean, Karen's is an Islander was just, uh, and he was impressive to say the least. And, uh, you know, as a Ranger, I mean, he was, he was a gutty guy and, you know, he's a rookie kind of finding his way, but, uh, definitely took a, definitely took a few lumps. That's for sure. Yeah. And like, and yeah, and just getting back to Marshall again, you just go, like I said, you go through his fight card. He's like, he fought Brashear a few times. He fought LaRock. Again, I'm not saying he won these fights cause he didn't, but he's still oh. doing it, you know? But yeah, for sure. The fights that I really like, yeah, Ojik McSorley. The fights he did well against Marty. Actually, the fights that I actually really liked and yeah. it was uh, with were with Buckberger. And I, I oh, love yeah. Kelly yeah. Buckberger. He had a good little rivalry with Buckberger, man. Yeah, well, Buckberger fought the same way, right? And the one fight they get yeah. into, Marshall drops Buckberger at the start of it. But Buckberger stands right back up and starts swinging, and he kind of puts Marshall down, and they're they're just like flailing yeah. at each other and shit, like because Buckberger oh, was not afraid to like 
who's what player? What fight? Oh, it was the Cruz fight when I did the spotlight on Cruz. The fight that Cruz has with Buckberger. Same thing. Cruz tags him and kind of does that flash little TKO, and Buckberger goes down to one knee but gets back up, and he brings a punch from like the basement. And drills Cruz with it and stuns the shit out of him because Cruz sort of does this slow timber like fall and Buckberger kind of wrestles him down at the same time. Go, people, look up Cruz Buckberger. You'll see what I'm talking about. But the same thing here with Marshall. Like they're just swinging back and forth at each other and it's like just hammering each other. Oh, I know, man. He, I was going to say, he had a good rivalry with uh, Buckberger because they fought the same way. And another guy who also kind of flew under the radar. Similarly, it was with Jamie Allison, man. They had some good fights. And uh, another guy just kind of grab on and just throw. And he was a lefty, too. He seemed to favor his left, at least. And, man, he had some good uh, some good tilts with uh, Marshall as well. John, and, you're, re- uh, you're reading my notes. I have Allison circled right here. That was going to be the next name I threw out. Yeah, he had the rival <laughs> with Allison. Yeah, there's another guy you could definitely do a player spotlight on. Because he was like that silent... You know, didn't it wasn't a huge numbers fight guy, but you know, if shit went south, he'd get in there and was not afraid to like throw down. I'm a huge Jamie Allison fan. He was awesome. Yeah. You know, you know, it was kind of cool about watching uh, the Marshall Allison fights. To me, was like they were both like the same, you know, in one aspect, but also really different in another because they were both really wide open, just sort of all out kind of offense you know, when they fought most of the time. And then, but, like, Allison was, like, he was, like, a real quick with his left. Like, he just he threw him fast. He threw him rapid. Like, kind of like a, like, Baruby did, like, Stockton. Just, like, throw as many as you can as fast as you can. And, like, Marshall would throw a lot, too. But, like, he seemed to, like, really, you know, dig into his punches. And he was, Going for like he was trying to knock you out like with every punch. He was swinging hard and big, and so like man, yeah, maybe you kind of lost a bit of like he wasn't throwing fast per se. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. like his punches seemed to maybe like, I guess the better way to put it, like his punches seemed to travel farther. Oh, so, like, yeah, yeah. If you watch Marshall fight, like, he was definitely telegraphing his punches. If someone was paying oh, attention, yeah. you could duck under him. Like, I think that if you watch <laughs> oh, some of yeah. his fights, guys would duck under his punches because you could see them yeah. coming from Tuesday. But, I mean, yeah, but oh. he would throw both of them like that, right? And he kind of had this wind, he oh. kind of had like a windmill style. And it was like, yeah. Yeah. But, which, like you said, no, also, I... when you fight like that, definitely leaves you open to catch some. Which happened to him oh, yeah. a bunch of times, right? But mm-hmm. and like, oh, yeah. well, well and like, like you can like see, you said, and, you're... sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, and you could see that, like when when his fight with Brad May, because he's, yeah, he's winging these wild punches, and May's got that. May throws wild punches too, but it's more they're more direct, whereas like. I don't know, here I'm I'm mimicking them as I'm talking about it, but, like, if people go and, like, watch you, you'll understand what we're talking about if you're watching YouTube right now and listening to the sound of our voice while you're watching the May-Marshall fight, you'll understand what I'm talking about. May's kind of coming down the pipe with it while Marshall's kind of windmilling punches. Yeah. But then, actually, I shouldn't say that because May kind of starts, because May throws his shoulder out in that fight, too, actually. 
But, like, at the same time, like, I remember watching that fight thinking, like, I wonder if his shoulder popped out because of that Marshall punch. Like, like it kind of ends with Marshall throwing this, you know, big looping left. And I wonder if May kind of, like, like, I don't know if he was, like, actually, like, holding on to his jersey with his, like, because it looks like his right shoulder pops out. I don't know if he was holding him with his right or if his arm just kind of got caught up in Marshall's jersey with his right. And then when Marshall throws that left, it's like immediately after you see May just kind of duck and grab at his shoulder. Like, like that punch Marshall threw popped May's shoulder out, and that was that. And it's like, man, just to throw a punch hard enough to knock a guy's shoulder out is kind of, I don't know, kind of impressive, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a pretty wild fight. Like, they go at it for a good 15 seconds there before that happened, 15, 20 seconds before it happens. Yeah. That's interesting. I, yeah, I had forgotten about that fight, actually, until I watched it this morning. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've communicated with Brad May on Twitter before. We follow each other on Twitter. And uh, I should send, I'm going to send him a private message, actually, after we're done here. I'm just curious to what he says about that fight. Because um, he'll get back to me, but... Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to... Well, I'd like to get him on the show is what I'd like to do. But, because uh, I was always a big big Brad May fan. But it'd be interesting to talk to him about that fight, just what happened there. But, yeah, I think he ended up missing 30-some games because of it. So, it was pretty messed up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, I think one was, that one was a good one. But then he had a really good fight with Brendan Witt. There's another one, kind of a wide-open yep. fight. But I will say the one fight that we both mentioned uh, before we got going... That was a rarity. Poof. Hockey Night in Canada. He catches Ty Domi in the temple and puts him down. Little TKO. You didn't see oh, Domi yeah. get dropped very often. I don't know. Did Domi ever get dropped no. other than, like, that? I mean, I think. I, oh, man. I, I don't remember it. I, we'll put it that way. No. but And he caught him clean. And Domi is like, I. I don't recall ever seeing Domi like that kind of like shook up after a fight. Like he's kind of like, I don't know if you kind of like wincing. He's a little like, like he might've landed the best punch on Ty Domi that anyone ever did. And that's saying something. Cause that guy had a, maybe the hardest head ever. Like he got hit with so many punches and could just take it. Like, like, like it was nothing. And, it was incredible just watching Domi fight and I'm saying that as a guy who admittedly is not the biggest Domi fan, but like you can't question his toughness. The guy was absolute uh granite chin and you know, for for a guy like Marshall who wasn't, you know, the biggest, heaviest, strongest guy around, like for him to be able to do that, that's that's kinda of saying something. Like he you know, he threw it. He threw to hurt, like like I said, like in all these fights, I kind of, and that's something else that kind of goes back to our earlier conversation about sort of how fighting devolved, so to speak, and, and enforcing. Like he always seemed to fight like angry, even if he wasn't, you know, even if it was sort of like, all right, you want to go, we'll go, and we drop him and go. Like he seemed to fight like he wanted to, like just knock your head off, like with his punches, like he was swinging. And man, it made it made for some good fights, and he he definitely took a few. But man, he caught a few guys too, and to catch Domi like he did—that's that's not something a lot of guys can say. And you know, for a guy like him who was, you know, probably like a number two guy, you know, yeah, at that well, point, 
the yeah. NHL. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and that's the thing with Marshall. Like I think that's the thing. He wasn't. Yeah, like you said, he wasn't a fourth line three shift guy. Like he would have been a third line regular grinder. Like with Marshall had skills, he could play. Like he wasn't just Joe Rockhead sitting at the end of the bench. Like he would be playing, you know, probably a solid 10, 15 minutes a game. So in rotating lines and shit. So he's right in there playing. And when you watch on YouTube, I mean, obviously it's not the whole game on YouTube or anything, but a lot of his fights are from like, you know, some solid contact along the boards. Guys didn't like getting hit. Let's go. Okay. It wasn't just off the face off and we're both out here. Let's fight. Like, you know, I'm not saying that didn't happen, but it seemed like most of his fights were involved from the play. Something that happened in the play. Either he hit someone or whatever, right? And like, yeah. And and like I said, was not afraid to fight anybody. Like the year, like 98, 99 when he dropped Domi. I mean, I'm just to rattle off his fights. Like Chase, Witt, Stern, Domi, Sandy McCarthy, Sean O'Donnell, McSorley, Roman Bopat, and Louis DeBrusque. Like that's his fight card. And that's like a third line grinder's fight card. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like, and and good ones. And it wasn't like always, and it wasn't like he he was getting destroyed either. Like I said, he got, he got dropped a couple times and whatever. But I mean, you know, he put on a good showing, like with these guys. Oh, yeah. You know, and. Even like the fights, like he maybe, uh, maybe came out in second place and like, you know, he he, would catch the guy a couple of times too. Like, you know, the other guy wasn't skating away, you know. Oh, the other guy knew he the other guy knew he had been in one. That's for sure. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, you know? for sure, man. You know, and then the and following and then the following year, his first fight of the year in ninety nine two thousands with Probert, and they beat the shit oh, and, and that, they beat that the shit of each bro, other. Man. Oh man, Bo- man, Probert had a. I know everyone kind of knocks Probert for like his Chicago days, but like he still had some like real dandy toasts, and uh, that one with Marshall, man. They really gave it to each other in that one. That one's a good fight. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting in that one when you're watching it, and you can almost see the point in that fight when Probert's like, okay, fuck this. It starts getting a little... It's almost like he starts getting mad. Because now... This is a little too easy for me. Yeah, then he starts throwing some shit with some bad intentions towards the end. Like, he's really going for it at the end. You know, I think he was sort of... I don't want to say he was caught by surprise by Marshall, but uh, I, I think he was sort of sleepwalking through the first little bit of it. And then I think he got drilled a few times and it was like, holy shit. All right, well, I better get serious here. And because uh, Probert, you could tell if you watch Probert's fights enough, he would kind of do that, right? I know he was kind of a second half guy. He would kind of get wound up. And once he got wound up, but yeah, but that fight with this, yeah, definitely folks, check out the fight, Bob Probert, Grant Marshall. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Probert sleepwalking through a fight is still better than, like, 80% of the league at that point. But yep. Probert angry in a fight, yeah, you don't, I don't think you want any part of that. Or at least most guys didn't. Like, when he when he got mad, he, like, he could, like, feel no pain. He was just, man. Yeah. I know we're talking about Marshall, but, like, he's a Windsor guy champion Bob Probert whenever I can. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, and it, uh, you know, yeah, that's right. The, yeah, he is a Windsor guy too, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, let's say like talking about like Marshall, like having no fear, like fighting, uh, 
fighting lead low and uh, low coming up. And I think, like, something that kind of goes, like, a bit under the radar is, like, a lot of these guys, when they first come up, you know, from junior or the, or the minors, whatever, you know, guys like low, you know, these heavyweights and whatever, like, they, they kind of, like, test the waters a bit against guys. They, they might be a little, you know what I mean? They're not going to jump in the deep end of the pool, so to speak, you know, right off the hop. So, like, kind of, you know, just, you know, kind of meets up with Marshall on the ice to kind of tap each other and say, all right, let's go. And they go, and it's a good scrap. And both guys just kind of, kind of the same way. Like, we're just going to throw punches and see who lands more, see who lands better. And, you know, Lowe's, uh, Lowe's swinging pretty good lefts. And Marshall kind of just, you know, taking them, trying to get open and start throwing. And, you know, Lowe, Lowe kind of gives it to him pretty good, you know, in that one. But, you know, Marshall, just, like, no fear, no hesitation. Like, all right, just, you know, guys up. You want to go? Let's go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Reed, Lowe's, an, Reed Lowe's another guy that just sort of – I always call Reed Lowe, like, the Rodney Dangerfield in St. Louis because he just gets, like, zero respect from people. And it's like, if you went back – if you go back and – there's another guy. Go back on YouTube and go down the Reed Hole – Reed Hole – the Reed Lowe rabbit hole <laughs> – um, he was fucking awesome. And if you go and watch the 99, when the year he was in Wooster, and I think he had in the American League, I think he had like 40 fights. I have a whole bunch of them on my channel. He has wars with like Eric Bolton, Parker, Vanden Bush. Like they beat the shit out of each other. They're awesome. Reed Lowe and Scott Parker in the American League in Hershey is awesome. It's an awesome fight. Oh, yeah. And then when Reed Lowe comes up, he had so many good NHL fights. His fight was stock and... He was Reed Lowe was awesome. I like I don't. No, I, man, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah, he had great fights in his NHL career, man. Like yeah. I don't know why people slept on. Like I know, I know what everyone's knock on him was. I'm not even gonna say it, but like, man, he he had some real good fights, and like I don't know. Every time I watch him, I'm like, he's doing all right. Like, yeah, I don't think he's uh, losing more than he's winning here. Like he's not that bad. <laughs> No, I mean, you go watch his NHL fights. It wasn't like he was getting destroyed by anybody. Like, he was right in there with no. everybody. He's a big guy. I mean, well, let's, the, the, the knock on him is that everyone, he, he calls him a pillow puncher, right? And it's like, you know, yeah. and, and he didn't have the big KOs and whatever. And he's kind of, I always, he's kind of reminds me of Langdon a little bit, right? Like, he's kind of, he'd go toe to toe, but yeah, he's not going to knock you out or anything. But I don't know. I mean, in terms of action fighting, I don't know. Reed Lowe is awesome. Like I said, I always oh say to anybody, if you're a fight fan, I, how you can knock Reed Lowe is beyond me. Like, I don't get it. I don't, you know. Yeah. No, like, they're, they're just those guys that, like, if you like hockey fights, like, how can you hate guys like Reed Lowe? And I think I'm hearing you say, like, Jeff Rogers. And, yeah. And that's why I met Grant yeah. Marshall. Like, yeah. how do you hate these guys? Like, all yeah. they did was have really exciting entertaining fights like <laughs> yeah like low stock Bolton, here. all these guys like i don't know how oh, yeah. Rogers, i don't know how murray like mark jansen like all these guys Cruz, like the guys i'm doing these spotlights on it's like yeah if you're a fight fan and you want to see action like pff, those are the fights to go watch i can tell you that you know but you know and even going down like the next year grant marshall gets traded to columbus which i completely forgot that he played in columbus actually um, but yeah, he has a really great fight with Chris Neal. There's another guy, Chris Neal. Oh. I know Neal catches a lot of shit. 
How the fuck do you hate Chris Neal? I mean, he fought everybody. Because Toronto fans hated him. Well, yeah, which is the the point, right? I should hope Toronto fans hated him. That was his point, you know, because he... Uh, Yeah, exactly. But, like, man, I I was going to say, don't get me started on Chris Neal because I I could go on a whole soliloquy. To me, like, he's... He was the last true, like, old-school enforcer in the NHL. He was... He was an absolute cutie, man. I loved Chris Neal. I, yep. And I wish every team in the NHL had a Chris Neal. And I know, like, like you said, like he got a flack. Like, oh, he he would duck that guy and fight this guy, you know. He, but like, man, you look at his card. Like, he fought a lot of really tough guys. And, you know, did he he win them all? No, but like he showed up for every single one. He gave as good as he got. He had some. He had some awesome. Awesome fights with guys like uh, Lucic and Thornton and Bolton and man, and like rarely, rarely did you ever see him like get knocked down or dazed or like man, that guy was just as tough as anyone. And I, I to me, like he's a guy like, and he could play like he he could score some goals. He was a big like fan favorite. Everyone in Ottawa loved him, and he could hit guys like. I don't know how anyone who likes tough off could hate a guy like Chris Neal. Exactly. Unless you were unless you were a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Then I get it. But like anyone else, I just don't like. Yeah, exactly. He was like he'd run around, he was an asshole, played mean, was a bully, the textbook yep. definition of a bully, which is exactly the point. Yep. Would hit people, mm-hmm. and like I said, for the and a lot of the times in the, back in those old those Toronto Ottawa playoff matchups. And and mm-hmm. and that back then Toronto had Belak and Domi and Tucker and Roberts and all those guys. Running Chris around. Neal had Martin Havlat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neal was the lone soldier on Ottawa and was and did not care and would still run around. And it's like, yeah, and he had to face the you know on his own you know a lot of times until they finally got him a little bit of help, like when Gartner and them showed up. But it was like that was a long time. He he was the lone guy there, for, you know. And uh, I know they had McGrath in there finally too, but. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. Neil was, uh, and he did it for so long. And it's, and now that I'm thinking, yeah, I never even actually thought of it. The whole time, his whole career was in Ottawa, never left. And, you know, yeah. no, I'm down with, I, I love me some Chris Neal. He was awesome, you know. And, and his, uh, his scraps with Engelstad yeah. in the minor. Yep. Oof. Dude, he was, yeah, I, you know what's kind of cool about Chris Neal? I like, he's like, he was, he was like a real like blend of like every style. Like he could go toe to toe. He could fight in close with you. Like he could like whatever way you wanted to scrap. Like he was game and he could quit. And man, he was he was a real uh, man. He was a real tough dude. Like he was. Man. He was completely. Well, the following year, and I want to. I don't know for sure. Maybe you'll know, or someone out there can help find me, help correct me. Um, 0203, like I said, Marshall's with Columbus. It's a game against the Rangers and he fights Old yep. and he's on, and there's like no, there's like a minute left in the game and it's five, two or whatever the score is. And they all, all the, all the cement is out there. Columbus doesn't really have much, but New York's got Old and McCarthy and somebody else or whatever. Well, I laugh because Old and Grant Marshall take the draw. And as soon as they drop the puck. Oliwa cross-checks Marshall, 
And then they end up fighting, and actually in a decent fight. And McCarthy, I think, ends up beating up Tyler Wright or something. I want to say, I think this is what led to the NHL putting in the instigator rule in the third period. This line brawl, I'm pretty sure, is what sparked it all and got everybody complaining because Columbus really bitched about it. And I think the NHL, that's when they put in that if you instigate in the last 10 minutes of the third period, you're suspended a game. I think this is the the, the uh, incident that led to that. I, yeah, I think you might be right. Because it was like, yeah, like they put out Ola, McCarthy, and I think Barnaby. Yeah. And, yeah, and Ola, right off the draw, he, like, he puts his one hand down on the stick, so like six inches of his the top of his stick is exposed and it comes out and takes right. He butt ends Marshall right in the side of the head. Marshall staggers, cross checks him in the head again. And Marshall's like, Nope, enough of this. And just in one swift motion, like throws his gloves off, puts his up and just swings right at all the one man. Just he was watching that like last night or whatever. Like, man, stuff like this, just never happens. him. I mean, nowadays, like everyone on the ice would be just be, kicked out of the league for life, but man, back then, like, that wasn't uh, terribly uncommon, like, yeah, game's out of hand, some guys were acting, you know, it was kind of a chippy game, I guess, or whatever, from what I know, and I Rangers wanted to send a message, and Marshall was there, and he's not a shy guy, so, you know? Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's, the, that's the thing, now, if it's 5 nothing, you may as well leave in the third period, because nothing's going to happen. But back in the day when it was 5 nothing, that was when it was time to send messages. Oh, no one ever oh, yeah. left in the third period to yeah. get out, you know, to, you know, get out of the parking lot early and beat traffic. No, everyone was staying cuz they were waiting for this exact thing to happen. And uh and again, oh, yeah. it's one of those things, I guess. You know, you can argue if it's good or bad. I mean, you know, whatever. I never had a problem with it, but then again, I'm not the one taking the face yeah, off. I'm not the one taking the face off with Olawa cross checking me three times either. So, you know, but yeah, but, but yeah, I, but I, I'm pretty sure for those listening out there, it's uh, uh, November 9th, 2002. I believe that is when that is what set the wheels in motion for the instigator in the third period rule. I mean, I'm sure they were probably yeah. going to come up with it eventually anyway, but I think that maybe sped up the process if I remember correctly. Yeah. But um, I think that was also a, that was also Oliver's last game with uh, New York. I don't think they brought him back after that. Like he was suspended, and they were like, "Yeah, we're done with, we're done with you." Yeah, I don't know why, but like you send him out there to do a job. Like, yeah, you send out Christoph Olerov with you know whatever seconds left in the game, and you lose him by three, and you get get him to take the draw. Like, kind of think he did what you wanted him to do. I don't know why you're. Oh yeah. Well, I think at that point, I think the league cracked down on him. I think this is. I think he was the sacrificial lamb for the whole thing, right? Like, all right, well then we'll we'll get rid of this guy, right? You know, because Oluwa kind of had that nomadic existence towards the end of his career. He's bouncing around a little bit, but there's another guy when he yeah. first came up with New Jersey. It was like, holy shit, who is this guy? You know, and it was so rare back then. You know, for the stereotype, there's this big European guy, right, back from Poland. You don't expect you know, those guys to be air quote goons. And then all of a sudden here's this guy, you know, right out of the shoot fighting 30 times and he's huge. And it was like, holy, and mean as shit. It's like, holy shit. Holy yeah. was stormed through the league those first few years for sure. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, I, just kind of wrap. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, I just I was gonna say I remember all of us first two years when we was just just ripping it up and yeah. It's a funny funny little anecdote, personal story. I I remember going uh, just going for a skate one year, like it was around Christmas. I just at the local rink or whatever, and they had just like a TV out in the lobby. And whatever we were done on skate, like me and my brothers, we come off the edge, we untie our skates, and like we just heard someone go like, "Hey, fight!" And like because it, it was New Jersey and uh, Detroit. Obviously, when we just we get the Wings games or whatever. And yeah, it was Oliva and I think McCarty or something going at it. And then like every as soon as someone said fight, like all the dads just kind of left, <laughs> left their kids, left their families, and just congregated on the TV to watch the fight. I just always remember like, oh man, that's Oliva. I heard about this guy. He's got like, you know, three hundred pound minutes or something crazy. Like, and he's from Poland. No one's from Poland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was just such an anomaly, right? But yeah, and like the, oh. even before he got to New Jersey, like that the Albany stuff from the American League when he was there. Oof. Yeah, I mean some of that. I have some of that stuff on my YouTube channel, and it's like, yeah, those Albany DVDs from when he was there. Man, he was awesome, and it was like, yeah, he was mm-hmm. he was something. I know he had some. There's some, you know, he obviously had dip off ice issues and whatever. But uh, for yeah. for his actual beginning of his playing time, yeah, he was he was something, man. He was a force for sure. But yeah, but this is the following season. This is when Marshall gets traded to New Jersey, wins the cup there. And uh, again, preseason fight. I was looking at his, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was just looking at his card the other day and like 24 playoff games. He had six goals. Yep. Like, that's not bad, man, for for a third line or whatever at that point in his career. Like, chipping in six goals in the playoffs. And they're like, I don't know if, like, maybe the newer fans or whatever don't know, but, like, 2003 or whatever in the NHL, like, six goals might as well have been ten goals. Like, every game was one nothing or 2-1. Like, yeah. uh, they weren't scoring much back then. Like, it was a it was the dead puck era. Well, and I bet you, you know? those six goals, were, I guarantee, were probably five on five, too. Like, I can't see him getting oh, yeah, a lot exactly. of power play yeah. time, right? So, yeah, no, you no, know, no, so that's no. limited ice time, five on five. For sure. Yeah, no, Marshall yeah. could definitely play, for sure. And, like, even this yeah, year, man. like, you know, to go to the fights, I mean, he has the fight with Brashear there in the in the preseason, and Brashear handles him pretty easy, but, I mean, he's still right in there, and, you know, and then, uh, yep. well, then the other example is the two fights against Erskine in the one game, and Erskine drops him in the first fight. And there's an, I guess there's an example of old school. He, Erskine kind of gives him the TKO in the first one, and, you know, Marshall's back, and fights him later in the game, and it's like, yeah, if that happened today, they probably would not let him out of concussion protocol to go fight again, you know. So, you know, you yeah, can, no, you, can, you can definitely see the difference in how how things are done now to back then. Oh yeah, no, it, for sure, man. You know, and, and like, oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, all you. I was just gonna say, like, you mentioned the the Bushir fight, and like. It, it popped into my head as soon as you said that one. And the same thing goes for, like, the whole Oluwa fight. Like, you see the you see the clip where I'm like, Marshall's on the ground and or on the ice, and, and Bashir's giving it to him, and Marshall's throwing him back, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if that was such a good idea there, Marshall. But uh thing, like, this guy just had no fear. Like, if he was, like, yeah. Oluwa, you know, butt him, cross-checks him in the head, he's like, I'm fighting this guy. I don't care if he's, you know, five inches bigger and 40 pounds heavier than me. And same with Bushir. Like, I don't care that I'm lying on my back on the ice. This guy's swinging at me. I'm swinging at him. And, like, 
I kind of just like do or die mentality. Like you just don't see that anyone anymore. Like this dude was a, like, I, I don't know. Tough isn't, I don't think tough really, you know, for the justice. Like he just, he didn't care. Like you, he, he just fought maybe against the better, uh, his better judgment, but like, man, you gotta give him credit. Like he was not uh, shy to stick up for himself, you know. No, it's probably one of those things. I guess probably after breaking your neck and being in a halo for how long? I guess fighting Brashear probably isn't all that scary at that point. Maybe that's his mindset. Yeah. Like, I can't, how much worse can it get? I broke my neck. What are these guys gonna do to me? Right. So it's just like mm-hmm. you know, and like oh, on this year is the year he has the re- obviously he's got the the rematch with Oliwa when Oliwa's in Calgary this time. They have their big rematch, and then you know, and then his, his next rematch is the fight I was talking about before with Eric Karen's at the end of the year when Karen's was with the Islanders. Um, yeah, you know, you could just see Marshall's. You know, he's on the rematch tour here because he, you know, and uh, Reed Lowe again. He fights him again, and then you know, then the next year he fights Brashear again in the preseason, and you know, and uh, you know, it kind of goes the way the first one did. But I mean, whatever, he's still in there, and um, yeah. You know, and this is pretty much, you know, 0506 is his last kind of full year in the in the league. And, um, you know, he, he came back, uh, you know, 06, 07, but, you know, ends up playing in the American League. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, and he spent the last two two years of his uh, of his career. And that says a lot, too, for a guy at that point that has 700 NHL games under his belt, you know, probably has money and doesn't, you know, I mean, not that he was making ten million a year, but I'm sure you know. I'm sure no one's doing any GoFundMe's for him or anything. You know, I'm sure he's got a few million in the bank, and uh, but he do, he still goes down and plays two seasons in Lowell in the American League, you know, and back to riding yeah. the riding the bus where you know there's probably a lot of NHL vets that wouldn't do that, right? And um, oh. you know, yeah. and I'm sure he was obviously down there not only playing, but I'm sure it's almost like a player coach type thing too. Like, I mean, I'm sure he was obviously mentoring the young guys and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, and then, and, and like I looked up his, his final fight of his career was against Tristan Grant. And, uh, and it was a great fight. They throw, cause at that point you had to wear visors. They pop the helmets off and square off and, and it's a good one. And, uh, you know, the old man's in there swinging and, uh, it's, it was sort of a, definitely a nice, uh, whatever you want to call it. it. It was sort of the period at the end of the career, the final fight with Tristan Grant. And it was like, yeah, came in like he did. He, he ended like he came in with Barnaby swinging. Right. So yeah, yeah man, no, uh, your pick of Grant Marshall was tremendous. I really enjoyed, uh, going down the YouTube rabbit hole for sure. Oh, no, man. It, yeah. It's just, it's just a fun watch, man. Just going through Grant Marshall's career and seeing all the guys he, uh, he took on and just totally fought unafraid, man. Took on everybody and yeah, like doesn't get enough credit for how uh, just how funny he was. Like, don't make him like that anymore. <laughs> no, not no, they don't. That's for sure. Oh, and for those folks listening, uh, the Tristan Grant that I talked about, I actually have had Tristan on the show twice. Uh, we did a five toughest opponents too, but uh, which was fine, which was a good episode too. But definitely go back and look up. I don't know what episode it is, but the Tristan Grant, my full length interview with him, it's really good. 
He tells some good stories, and uh, he was, as the kids would say, he wasn't afraid to throw shade. He throws shade at a few guys, so definitely uh, check out the Tristan Grant interview. You'll dig it, but because uh, he 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 fought everybody right. too. But um, but yeah, man, Grant Marshall, great pick, great pick. Oh, thanks, man. I like seeing these guys get uh, get some love, get some recognition. You know, in the hockey fight community, they deserve it. No, absolutely, and uh, and I think even uh, you know I think for the for the newer folks, uh, you know he, he you know obviously he'd, he'd be under the radar, but I think even as like the diehard fight guys, I think every once in a while we get guilty of uh, you know and I'm you know and I'm including myself as well of just you know not if, if somebody said their name you're just you know you, you give them the props, but just when you when you first like you. I guess like when I'm when I'm doing like the Bob Probert tournament and I'm 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 coming up with sixty four names, Grant Marshall's name never comes across my mind when I'm doing that bracket. Yeah, but he fought everybody that was in that bracket. You know what I'm saying? And he would fight everyone in that bracket. Yeah. And there's no doubt that he just he deserves to be in that bracket too. I'm not saying oh he should put him in and he'll win because no he wouldn't. But he he deserves to be in there as well. Right, because he would fight all those guys and do well. Oh yeah, you know, as he as he proved, like you said, dropping Domi and going toe to toe with Probert and McSorley and mm-hmm. Ojic and yeah. Karens and you know, yeah, the guy was fearless. Oh, yeah. And no, he, he was he was tough as they come. Like that's the thing. Like when people talk about like toughness. Like I've always thought of toughness is like how much you can take and keep going forward. And like he was just. He just wouldn't stop, man. He just he swung until the rest broke him up or one of you went down. Like he wasn't pulling any punches and he wasn't expecting you to pull any either. And, you know, I just like I said, you gotta respect a guy like that. Like he was made it fun for us fight fans, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and he was like you said, he was he was a mean dude and if like when he was fighting he was fired up and like you go watch when he TKOs Adam Burt. Like, he catches Burt, and you can tell Adam Burt's out, and he's down on one knee, and Marshall's like, fuck it, drills him again, and puts him down. You know, he's already down, he puts the finishing touches on him. Now, if that fight happened today, holy shit, the internet would be up in arms over the code, and oh, they'd want to give him three to five and sing sing, you know, if he did that now. But back then, it was like, it's what's the saying? Well, fuck around and find out. Well, Adam Burt found out, you know, and it was just like, yeah, back then it was the, it was the law of the jungle, and it was just like, and the same thing. You watch the fights that he was, like you said, that he was in. They weren't sw- stopping punching until they were separated, and it, you know, and uh, they, he was fighting. He was going for it, and there was no bro hugs and bum taps after. That's for sure. Nope. No, man. I, I miss him. I miss those days, man. And you know, it, man, he was just like. Gets me all nostalgic just watching his fights, you know, like being in Dallas. They'd always play the, uh, whatever, the Village People song, Macho Man, or whatever. <laughs> and he'd be going, have the goatee and whatever. Like, I don't know, it just it brought me back to those days and, like, man, it's, it's when hockey was hockey and everyone was tough. And, like, guys like this were, like, he wasn't the only one. Like, he wasn't a unicorn. Now he's a unicorn yeah. compared to what we got now. Like, back then, like, a lot of guys like that who just fall wide open, you know, hit the hurt, and yeah, you know, to yeah. lost the 
box art. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it was definitely a different mindset back then. And, and like we said, right, we're, we're not going back that far. Like, it was still late 90s, early oh. 2000s. I mean, we're not talking about, like, 50 years ago. But it seems like it's 50 years ago, just with the way the mindset's changed. But, yeah, it was just, I like, know. even when you're watching on YouTube and you're watching the clips, and it, maybe it's a little extended, and you're just kind of watching it, and they, they show, like, maybe a 20 seconds before the fight starts, and you're and the play is happening, and you're kind of getting the build-up to it. Even that feels different. Like, there's just sort of some grit to it, like... And then when they're fighting, yeah. it's, it's just different. Now it's, and I'm not saying the guys now don't hit hard or anything. It's not an indictment on the new guys, but everything now seems so polished. You know, when they got their helmets, Dude. they got the visors, and it, it seems like, you know, and there's every fight's half a dozen jersey jabs, and, you know, and it's so technical and kind of, you know what I mean? Whereas then here I'm sitting yeah. here, like I said, and then we're watching. Brad May and Marshall, and it's just like this wild windmill punches, and helmets are flying off, and it's just like, yeah, it's just it's just different. Yeah, you, you know what too kind of goes to that is something I always kind of thought looking back at those like you know the eighties and nineties fights or whatever watching is like when they pan to the crowd after the fight and everyone's you know up on their feet and cheering and whatever it's like. I know, I know I'm generalizing here, but, like, I feel like you just got, a, like, a glimpse of, like, the everyman. Like, the guy would just finished his eight-hour shift and, like, just went to the game in his work clothes or whatever. Like, you just got, like, blue-collar guys. They're just regular people. But it's, like, now, like, well, no one in the first, you know, well, yeah, blue-collar blue guys can't afford to, to go to games anymore. Ticket. Like, yeah. Yeah, no one can afford it. And it's, like, those guys appreciated the fights. Those guys really liked it. And like, I think everyone does. Everyone who doesn't is just lying to themselves. My personal opinion. But like, they really got into it. They really appreciated it. They really got it. Like, yeah, these guys are doing it for the team. We, we respect that. We support that. It's like now, it's like everyone's like, you know, it's a, it's like a, I don't know, an excuse to post TikToks or something. I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're so busy taking selfies at the rink and, and and trying to get a puck from somebody and and whatever, and they're trying to come up with the latest TikTok video that they can. You know, I think they spend more time staring at their phones than they do watching the game. And you know, not to say that they don't like fights because I don't care what anybody says. It's, people love violence, you know. And the, when they, they fight now, the people still will get you know up and rock and roll over it. They still dig the fights, but I mean, but yeah, like you said, it's a different. Yeah, the blue collar guy. I mean, the blue-collar guy now can afford to take his family once or twice a season. Back then, yeah. you know, you could afford it. And, you know, a lot of the, they'd have season tickets or they'd be up in, their, in the regular upper deck, up in the cheap seats, but they were there, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, they'd show up in the, you know, right from work and, you know, whatever. I still have some grease on their hands, right? Whereas now, you know, you got guys <laughs> in their $200 jersey that they bought at the game store when they at the shop when they walked in and it's all seems, it all just seems so polished now. Whereas before it's just, there was grit. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we're just two old bitter fucks up our ass, but I mean, I don't know. It seems like it just seems everything's polished now. I remember the first NHL game I went to, I was like nine years old. It was a wings avalanche back at the Joe. 
And just even as a little kid, a nine-year-old kid, I remember seeing, like, the people in the seats ahead of us who were drinking a wine, and I'm like, who drinks wine at a hockey game? And I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, no. Like, you drink beer. That's what hockey fans drink. And I don't know. But, like, nowadays, it's like that, that whole demographic's been kind of pushed out and phased out. So, I don't know. No, I, you know, I think, uh, no, you're right. And it's a good point that you brought up. And that, uh, yeah, and there's just something, I don't know, it's just different, you know. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, man, I think, uh, we've, we've, we've talked for a great deal. And, uh, and I really want, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and taking part. I, uh, I, I had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get you back on. Yeah, man, I'd love to, man. This was a lot of fun for me, too. It was nice talking to a fellow fight fan, and uh, really grateful that you uh, had me on, man. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I don't know, maybe the next uh, maybe the next time we uh, I do the Probert tournament and we do kind of that bracket breakdown, I'll, I'll get you on, and uh, we'll have uh, you and Steve on, and, and uh, the three of us will break it down. But, uh, but until then, man, um, again, thank you very much for coming on. For those folks, definitely check out John's YouTube channel. He's got some great shit on there. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks again. All right, thanks, Dan, man. You have a good day. You too. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 